0: It is almost Palm Sunday and it feels like we are now in the 57th week in Lent. Although, at the same time, there is something different about this Lent. I suspect that there will be something different about this Holy Week as well. Holy Week that begins with Palm Sunday. It's funny, but I had never really thought about that. But this year, when in many parishes the triumphant entry into Jerusalem gospel reading will be omitted because of the pandemic. The focus will be on Passion Sunday and not so much on Palm Sunday. The focus will be so much on Crucify Him and not so much on Hosanna. This will be a Passion Sunday that forces us to meditate on all the times when we say Crucify Him with what we say and do. We will hear the passion story and hear about Peter and Judas and Caiaphas and Pilate and Herod and Simon of Cyrene and Joseph of Arimathea, all these characters in the story who sometimes say yes to God and sometimes say no to God in what they do and say. Sometimes they say, Hosanna to the king. Sometimes they yell, crucify him. And that is what we do as well. Let's pray that this Holy Week, Despite all the times we find ourselves saying no to God, we arrive at Easter Sunday having said yes to God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the King. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro.
1: I am Billy Chan. Hello, Pedro. How are you? Hey,
0: welcome back. Um, um, It's almost Palm Sunday, Billy. Holy Week is all, all here. And don't you feel like it's like the 57th week of Lent? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you know, this Lent is very special. The thing is, this last Lent, we cannot even go to church. No. Um, and this one, now we can most of the people in Ontario can have the chance to go to mass and just feel it.
0: Yeah. And I think that not just in Ontario, I think probably across Canada and across the United States too. I think that most people will be able to celebrate Lent, although it will still be a little different, you know, like Holy week Palm Sunday, we won't have palms. Uh, Maybe some people will have palms. I think in my parish, we're not doing palms. Um, They're omitting uh, that Palm Sunday reading it's not being done. So it's shorter. Um, there's not no foot washing on Thursday. Yes. There's no venerating the cross on Good Friday. There's no. I even think that there are no candles and no fire for the Easter vigil.
1: Oh, um, I think that oh. those
0: norms came down from from Rome. Yeah, so be interesting to see after Easter we can find out what uh, what different people did in their in their in their parishes. You but,
1: know, as a as a uh, ex auto club uh, people, you know, uh, we always like. Uh, eastern region because of the barbecue
0: yes the barbecue <laughs> but there won't be a barbecue this year sorry Probably no no flames this year anyway uh billy today sister marie paul uh will be back with us and she uh because we just celebrated the feast of saint joseph she thought yes. she would look for uh father figures that remind us of saint joseph in film uh-huh. oh um, so so that'll be that'll be good she, she'll be talking about good father figures in film um, that's going to be in about 10 minutes. I always like her her lists of films, how she does that. Um, and then, Billy, you have a question.
1: I do have a question. It's all about Holy Thursday now because, you know, it's the Holy Week we are looking into. So a question about Holy Thursday.
0: Okay, so coming up with Billy Chan uh, questions about Holy Thursday. Um, so that's in about uh, 20, 20 minutes or so. It's okay.
1: Just stay with us, you know.
0: Yeah, just stay with us. That's it. That's 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 the best uh, the best message so far. Um, Billy, what's your favorite? Uh, do do you do you like to watch Jesus movies for Lent or Holy Week or Easter?
1: Uh, yes, the Passion of the Christ. Uh, this is the really the, yes. I uh, really it like week? it. I always. Uh, I, I didn't watch it last year because it was so sad. Yeah. Because we cannot, that's it's the pandemic. Movie. So I do not want to increase my sadness level. <laughs> but almost every every um, uh, Easter, before Easter, I will watch Passion of the Christ with my wife, yes. and also uh, we'll read the guide. I mean, the the movie guide.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that is a that's a hard movie to watch, but I think is is the by far the best movie that has been made about Jesus. It's so well done um as opposed to jesus christ jesus christ superstar which is the one that i watch every oh okay (laughs) that's (laughs) a completely different so anyway but um it seems like we can always have different movies about jesus because every year there's 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 new stuff and there's a new film coming up uh uh, today actually on the 27th of march on discovery plus it's called resurrection um -hmm. and you might remember uh the producers of the bible miniseries remember the bible miniseries bill billy uh,
1: monica yeah no
0: not monica <laughs> but uh well yes so roma downey as is, is who is well known as uh, for playing monica in in the show touched by an angel uh-huh. so roma downey and her husband mark burnett produced the miniseries the bible a few years ago and then the sequel which was ad uh, the bible continues and now they have a new film called resurrection um, and so Roma oh. Downey is going to be joining us in, on the show in, in in our second half hour. So I hope people can stick around and listen to my conversation with Roma Downey. It'll be fun. So that's in about 20 minutes. And then at the end of the program, Billy, we have another artist, an artist that has never been on the show.
1: We have a lot of artists during this pandemic.
0: Yes. Uh, no, period, there's, there's right? great. And, and, and it's good music. It's not just any old people with a guitar. You know, it's like these <laughs> people are doing really good music. So you might yeah. remember... Um, A while back, we did an interview with Rita West, who's been on the show a few times. And she told us about a collective of artists called the Novum Collective. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, I believe they had a Christmas album. We had a a Rita for our Christmas special one year. So uh, Will Hickle is the guy who started the Novum Collective. So we're going to be meeting singer-songwriter Will Hickle today. He is the man behind the Novum Collective. and, And he also has a record label, Novum Records. So uh, there's a few projects that he uh, and uh, Novum are working on. So it'll be great to talk to Will about that on the show. So that'll be at the end of the program. So lots, lots coming up. That's good. Um, That's good. Um, a reminder, again, if people are not able to stick around, you know where to go, slmedia.org podcasts, and you can uh, listen to our show there. And of course, you can also listen to the show as a podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So let's start with the song. Billy, yes. Billy's giving me that. Let's go, music, music, music. time for music. Yeah. So, so um, let's start with a song as we always do. Here's Will Hickle and Novum with "Free" from their album "From the Ground."
2: Jesus, I come before you, hungry for your spirit, the bread of life. Hey!
0: That was Will, Hickel, and Novum with Free from their album, From the Ground. And we're going to be speaking with Will Hickel at the end of the program. And in a little bit, Billy's going to be back with more questions about our faith. But now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program.
3: Oh, thank you, Deacon Pedro. How is your Lent going?
0: It, it, it's going well it's going well it feels like it's like the 57th week in lent but we're good <laughs>
3: yes yes this past week we celebrated the feast of saint joseph mm-hmm. during the year dedicated to saint joseph and so i thought wouldn't it be cool to talk about uh father figures uh who kind of bring to m- in the films that kind of bring to mind saint joseph and mm-hmm. so uh Deacon Pedro, do you have a favorite on-screen, you know, father that you think is represents a good image, a strong image of Saint Joseph?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, and I'm glad this. Here's the disclaimer: I'm glad you asked me a few days ago because <laughs> had you put me on the spot, I would have been completely, you know, deer in the headlights. Um, I'm gonna go with, and it's probably because I grew up with this show, Little House on the Prairie. Charles Ingalls, I think, for me, kind of. And because, uh, you know, you got to see him for I don't know how many years. So it really gives you a really well-rounded picture of what I think a dad, a a dad who sacrifices, a dad who's a protector, a dad who is a who's an educator and a defend like all those things kind of came together in that character. So I think that, yeah, Charles Ingalls, Michael Landon and Little House on the Prairie
3: that's a great choice I, I actually wow and i didn't think of that at all so i'm still i am really glad i asked you ahead of time but i also think it's interesting that uh the characteristics that you chose that selfless sa- you know self-giving sacrificial love that a father has for his family uh and we're talking father but we're you know the head of the family yeah um, if we use saint paul's terms um Pope Francis in his letter, which is really beautiful on St. Joseph, talks about different characteristics of St. Joseph. So I highlighted three because I was like, how am I going to find great father figures? Okay. There's a lot of great father-son movies, a lot of great father-daughter movies, yes. but a lot of times the father's converting, and so mm. which is fine. And it's not that St. Joseph didn't convert. I'm sure he lived daily conversion mm. like all of us have to, but he was an upright man is what the scriptures tell us. So I I looked at the characteristics that Pope Francis put in his letter, and I chose three to -hmm. look at for films and you, you nailed it on the first one, that selfless love of a father. And uh, you know, for Joseph, his spouse and his, his son, were the the treasure uh, to be cherished and guarded and protected. And we see that in the life of St. Joseph And, and Pope Francis talks about that, that, Joseph knew how to love with extraordinary freedom. He wasn't the center of things himself, but he always made Mary and Jesus the center. So that's really cool. The second, so Charles Engels' Little House on the Prairie really fits that. Trust in divine providence coupled with creative courage to turn problems into possibilities. Hmm. That is a characteristic, that's a series of characteristics that Pope Francis highlights. And I thought that was really kind of cool because I thought of the father that came to mind first for me was in the recent thriller, a quiet place. Oh yeah. Which is, you've, you've seen it. It's a great film. We've spoken
0: about it in the show. We've spoken. Yes, Yes.
3: that's right. That's right. That's right. We did talk about it. So I guess I'm raising it again. If you like a good thriller and you haven't Mm -hmm. seen it, or if you have seen it and you want to be inspired again by a great father figure uh, you know, Lee Abbott is just amazing as a dad and he's compassionate to his children, but he's so creative, um, especially towards the end of the film. Mm. But even at the beginning of the film, how this couple who are being hunted by their family, all humanity is being hunted by creatures that hunt by sound and they can hear the tiniest sound and then they'll Mm. come after you and and destroy you, kill you. Um, How this family lives in absolute quiet, how he's created a refuge with his wife, for the family and how he's so kind and tender to every member of his family while also being, you know, the ultimate protector. Um, So that self-sacrificing love, but also he's so creative Mm -hmm. in how he does all of this with his wife um, Mm -hmm. to make a safe space, as safe as can be uh, in this this terrible situation, this dystopian future, sci-fi future that we've got in the film. Mm -hmm. So that trust, that, you know, that their love is going to carry them forward. And, uh, and, and even at the point of, you know, risking their lives. Uh, So the third characteristic then that Pope Francis talks about is, and he highlights more than three, but I'm just going with three, is that sense of an upright person, a righteous person, tender and kind to those who are, who are less privileged or who have less, or who don't have a voice in society, merciful, just, but also balancing taking care of family and being a member of the community and, and modeling that for your children. Mm-hmm. And I I find this character very, very strongly in the film To Kill a Mockingbird. Atticus Finch is just a oh, great yeah dad now this this isn't a family film uh, because of the themes the adult themes in it but it's you know if you haven't seen this film this is an amazing film it's it's so well done i rewatched it a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. in preparation for the show and it's really it's a story of a family man who's a widower he has two young children but and it's at the height of the depression in a very depressed southern town and he is asked to be the defending lawyer of a black man who, in 1930s South, is accused of raping a white woman, and um, so it, he powerfully uh, defends, and, and, and he's so upright and righteous, and yet and and, and fearless mm-hmm. in defending his fan in, in defending in court and in real in, in threatening situations the people of the community that need that defending, but he's also so tender with his children, a a true righteous, a true righteous man, I think. Uh, So these bring, I mean, there's other, there's other great dads and maybe this is a theme we can talk about further on. I like that
0: that you didn't exhaust all of Pope Francis's uh, characteristics from his letter. So that's uh, with the heart of the father, uh, Patrice Cordy, the the letter he wrote about St. Joseph. Um, So we got three and maybe we can, continue next time with some of the others. Um, but, uh, certainly, uh, we got the whole year to talk about fatherhood and St. Joseph and holy families. So, uh, Thank you. I like this theme very much. So if people have not watched To Kill a Mockingbird or read the book um, or to watch A Quiet Place, or I'm sure you can find some old episodes of Little House on the Prairie.
3: It is. It is around online. Check it out. It's a great. It was a great show.
0: It is. It is, of course. Okay, good. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul. Have a blessed Holy Week and uh, we'll talk to you next week for Easter.
3: That would be great. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro.
0: Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com, and you can also follow her at Sister M Paul. Coming up, more questions about our faith in Church for Dummies, so stay tuned. Hi, this is Luke Speedheart, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Power with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for the Salt and Light Hour, and you can take the show with you wherever you go. Now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy
1: Chan,
0: who has a question about...
1: You know, Deacon Pedro, uh, during this pandemic, uh, I do have a lot of questions about Catholic faith because of a lot of time that we can... We, 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 we never... <laughs> experience right things like this coming ho- uh, holy week yeah i really like this holy week because we didn't have a holy week last uh year mm, yeah so yeah. um the holy week we always you know as a parishioners i mean normal regular parishioners we always start with palm sunday mm-hmm. and then the next uh, possible way it will be Holy Thursday that we yes. always attend, and in Holy Thursday, uh, we always see in, in my in my church we actually pre-select twelve people, twelve men, yeah, uh, to perform uh, washing the feet. Mm-hmm. You know the what Jesus did it before, uh, uh, before he died, right? Yes. basically. Yes. So now. This year, we know that we are not going to do it in the church mm-hmm. and we are not going to do a lot of things. But this specific moment when I was a Sunday school teacher, most of the kids or teens, they love it. They want to see it. They want to participate sometime. So I would like to know, is there any way we can do it at home?
0: Um, that's a very good question. Um and, and I think that a lot of people are starting to think about this for the reasons you've given um, I'm just going to back up a little bit because I think that you're right for me, especially Holy Thursday is one of the more uh, meaningful uh, liturgies of the year. And partly because of the foot washing in my parish, the last three or four years, we actually have been allowing anybody who wants to come up and have their foot washed wow so we used everyone to, everyone so we used to have like like most parishes have 12 people in fact yeah. some parishes some parishes will say it's only 12 men because it yeah. represents the the apostles other parishes will say well no it represents the whole humanity so it can be men and women other parishes, like my this current pastor that I have, who felt, well, there's, there's a different symbolism there. The symbolism is that it's not Jesus washing the feet of the apostles, instituting them as the first, you know, the, 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 uh, as servants, but actually us being called to do the same for others. So how are yes. we going to wash the feet of others? So in that sense, he's like, well, there's four of us, two priests, two deacons anybody that wants to come up and people do. I mean, I thought the first year, maybe 10 people would come up. We had like a yeah. hundred people came up. So wow. and it was very moving because you have older, older women with swollen ankles. You have uh. a mother came with her baby. And so I washed her feet and then I washed the baby's uh, foot. So it was very, <laughs> very meaningful. So I think that uh, for a lot of people that, that would be meaningful. And I think I might've mentioned to you uh, earlier that I, I, I witnessed uh I, I I got to watch a friend got married and during his marriage yeah. ceremony uh, last summer, they all, they included the washing of the feet, which is the most beautiful thing to do at a at a, at a marriage.
1: That is very beautiful. You know, in the marriage is basically, you know, we serve each other like, exactly. like Jesus, right?
0: Exactly. So it's very symbolic in, in the context of marriage. So he washed her feet and then she washed his feet. So I think that uh, uh, that it is something that we can do as a family. I know that in some schools, on Holy Thursday, some some teachers will do a foot washing thing with children, with the students. Um, and I know Beautiful. that I know also I also know that outside of Mass, in some communities, in some remote communities where maybe they don't have a priest, maybe they have a, a, a religious sister or someone who actually comes and 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 they're able to do a foot washing. So there is no official liturgy that you can okay. do at home, but I think it's a simple thing if you if you open your Bible and you read the the Gospel of John chapter thirteen Uh, uh, is it gospel 13 got chapter 13 (laughs) john 13 is is jesus washing the disciples feet um and then you can read it and then maybe just have a really simple thing and and it maybe it can be a little more involved than what we do in church which is just really one foot maybe do both feet Um, okay yeah so we do not need to use holy water right no 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 oh okay no no it's just regular water um you can do it in the bathtub if you want but i mean if you (laughs) want to do a little basin and 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 pour it like we do at church so you you pour the water and uh you wash the person's uh foot um it's very meaningful and i know priests i think the holy father does this that he'll he'll wash the feet and then he'll kiss the foot
1: i Um, remember the holy father did one time is it only one time to the inmate
0: No, he's been doing, uh, for eight years, he's been going and doing it. Yeah, I don't know if he's always been to a prison, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's certainly always been to a community uh, that is marginalized, and it's been quite often inmates. Um, He didn't do it last year, and he will not be doing it this year either, but I'm sure that as soon as he can, he will.
1: So again, this washing the feet symbolize we should actually kneel down and serve people, you know, to to to. To wash people, right? As a leader, right?
0: That's exactly what it what it means. Is how are we a servant? I came not to to be served, but to serve. So how do we serve? And I would say that it's not limited to. I mean, washing the feet is symbolic, but it's a good uh, meditation for us to think: How are we washing other people's feet? How are we helping the poor? How are we uh, feeding the hungry? How you know all those things that we're called to do as Christians.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that I, I, I thought about is also when I have a very smelly feet, for example, I I don't, okay? But uh, when I have smelly feet, when my, my feet is really dirty, do I have the courage yeah. to show my feet to other people to wash? So yes. do I give a chance to other people to help me yes. as well? So this is a two-way of thinking as well
0: yeah it is it is interesting so maybe if you do it at home make sure that don't wash your feet before you go (laughs) to the foot washing and then just have real you know feet maybe not too smelly but dirty anyway so that's an idea and and i'm going to
1: make my wife to wash my feet this thursday yeah so after
0: (laughs) after after easter i'm gonna ask you and, and you can tell us how that went all right, yes. thank you very much, uh, Billy Chan. Thank you, chan. Be- Deacon Petro. Billy Chan, our webmaster here behind slmedia.org. You can follow him at chan. Coming up in our second half hour, a featured chat with Roma Downey, and we meet singer-songwriter Will Hickel. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. After Jesus' resurrection, his followers are terrified and confused. Their leader is dead. The high priests and the Romans are now after them. But worst of all, it seems that the last three years have all been a waste. It's a story that we all know very well. And despite the fact that we all know the ending, we never tire of telling it or hearing it, especially at this time of the year. You may remember the Bible miniseries by producers Roma Downey and Mark Burnett. They followed that series with a film release, The Son of God, and a sequel titled AD, The Bible Continues. This year, they've produced Resurrection, a film that follows the immediate aftermath of Jesus' resurrection. To tell us more, I'm now joined by co-producer Roma Downey. Roma, it's so good to have you on the program with us today. Welcome to the Saltonite Hour.
4: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So I wanted to ask you about, this is probably not the first question that everybody's asking you, but I'm intrigued by the work you and Mark, your husband, Mark Burnett, are doing with Lightworkers Media, um, which I'm assuming that it came, did that come out of the Bible miniseries? And I know you've been involved in a lot of faith projects since. So tell us a little bit about that.
4: Yes, uh, Lightworkers Media is our, um, you know, is our production company and we established that actually before the okay. bible series okay we established it um with a view to producing and creating content that was uplifting inspiring um encouraging right you know our 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 mantra here is that it's better to light a candle mm. than to curse the darkness yes. and so in any way that we can you know encourage people and so from the from the big biblical epic dramas that we've produced Mm -hmm. to the smaller pieces of content that we release um, on a daily basis across our social platforms we've seen this uh, last year in particular with the covid pandemic and everybody in a kind of shut-in space in their lives that our social platforms have just grown and grown. Mm -hmm. uh, Or I think people were just hungry for
2: messages of
4: hope and encouragement. And so uh, you can find that on uh, Lightworkers on Instagram. Yes. uh, Facebook, of course. And 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 yes, and
0: I'm, I'm excited. I wanted to ask you about that because I think that that's the part of your work that people probably don't know or not familiar with that you're doing. You know, they might be, you know, familiar with is these big projects, Son of God, the Bible, mini series, AD, um, resurrection now, and then, but you're still doing all these other things. And so, so my, my real question, I guess the, the, where I wanted to get to is your hope. I I, I presume is to help people to strengthen their faith. Do yes. you think that to do that, it's, it's important to always go back to the source. So tell that Jesus story that we all know, even though you're telling other stories that are contemporary, but is why is it so important to go back to that to that greatest story that has ever been told?
4: Yeah, well it because it is the greatest story <laughs> that's ever been told. And you know, I think that every few years, you know, it's important that we that we can update these stories that uh, with mm-hmm. the, you know, cinema and TV viewing audiences are very sophisticated and there's an expectation that, you know, that film should, you know, be of a certain quality and a certain excellence and, you know, I have vivid memories of, of being a, a a young girl growing up in Ireland Mm. and gathering together with my own family around the television, particularly at the Easter holiday and watching Jesus of Nazareth or Max von Sydow in The Greatest Story Ever Told, or whatever the Ten Commandments with Charton Heston. Right. And they were all the greats, and they all still hold an emotional place in our lives. But the truth is, they've all kind of aged out a little bit, you know, In and so we just wanted to have an updated version of this incredible story. It is the cornerstone of our faith. You know, mm-hmm. um, we could remove the nativity story from... The bible and the new testament would still hold up but if you remove the resurrection from yeah. the bible it would be true. a very different a very different story it's the biggest miracle in the bible true, true. and it reminds us that hope didn't die on the cross and you know i think that particularly at this time when we are a people hungry for hope mm-hmm. you know where we if you will when we were locked down a year ago if you use the symbolism of the resurrection, we were all locked in our tombs. Mm. We were all disconnected from each other, isolated, cut off. It's been an incredibly lonely time for people. And I think we're all just ready to step out into the light, to, to have a resurrection, if you will, in our lives, in our families, mm-hmm. in our businesses, a resurrection in our economies resurrection in our churches that maybe yes. we can finally start gathering together in community to yes. Yes. worship to attend yes. mass and so on so i think that it's the it's just the perfect time for this film
0: yeah it is um i wanted to ask you about characters in the film i i noticed that there are and i think this is a a, a producer choice you can tell me if i'm wrong but there are very strong female characters you know, even though I would say that Peter is probably one of the, the main characters, but you have Mary, we have Mary Magdalene, who are prominent in the Gospels, but then there's also Pilate's wife and Caiaphas' wife. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why that was important to make these women strong characters in the story.
4: Well, I think it's just that the times that we're living in, you know, I think that um, that it's important to get the female point of view mm-hmm. and some of these stories and, um obviously, particularly uh, the Blessed Mother and uh, Mary Magdalene, you know, I mean, those scenes are so profoundly moving at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. We know from scripture that the only disciple that remained was John, uh, the Beloved. And those scenes with the three of them there, you know, and particularly Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, as a mother to to stay and witness the brutal murder of her son must have required tremendous strength and courage and i feel certain that she wanted to be there so that when he looked down he could look into the face of love Mm. and you know and see someone who loved him loved him so completely and we know that he only said seven things from the cross Mm -hmm. Uh, and yet one of those things as he was dying he took time to love his mother too you know to take care of her and to give her into the safekeeping of John so we really tried to present the deci- those early disciples in a way that the audience could relate that they would feel very human
0: mm-hmm. and you did and relatable
4: so. yeah. and you know we can probably all see ourselves Mm-hmm. in one or other or maybe little bits of each of them over the course of the film. Yeah, I think um, and sense. then what I love is really the ending of the movie. And I don't think there's any spoiler alerts here. We all no. know the story. No. It's the great story of all. But uh, we take the audience from the first century uh, and remind them, that, you know, there were just these handfuls of early believers. Mm-hmm. And we then take the audience into the 21st century mm-hmm. And uh, with shots, you know, from the Vatican and mm-hmm. various places of Christian worship around the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and remind the audience that it it went from just a few. And now there's over 2.2 billion Christians in the world today. And I, I just think it's so, you know, it's a, th- it's a thrilling moment, too. It's a thrilling moment to be right. reminded of that, that we belong to each other.
0: Yes, I, I agree. I, I, I've always the Acts of the Apostles is my most favorite book. Um, and, and it's because I feel that we, it's our story, we are still in the acts of the apostles. And so that's us. So I love that, that connection. I wanted to ask you about, um, if, and I don't know if this was your experience working in touch by an angel, but I've heard so many stories of, of, of actors, crew, that are working on certain films of faith, especially uh, uh, stories like, you know, the story of Jesus, and that they've had some conversions. Are there any conversion stories that you yeah. came across, either working in we, this or or other projects?
4: Yeah, I mean, on 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 all of them, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Untouched by an Angel, it was just such a a blessed set. We would pray before those scenes really? where we would deliver the message. The message was always the same. The stories different, but uh-huh. the message was the same that there is a God. He loves you. He wants to be a part of your life. And Della Reese and I would hold hands yes. and we would pray every week before those oh scenes. My gosh. And you know, at the height of its success, over 25 million people tuned in every week, I believe, to get that message. Yes. And we had so many letters of hearts open, lives changed, healings, you know, healings within families. Um And so that was just always such incredible feedback. And then we know from all our partnerships and friends and pastors and churches around Mm -hmm. uh, 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 us and Canada, that when the Bible series was on, there were so many people who came to Christ. There were so many people maybe who'd fallen away, who came Mm -hmm. back It brought people closer to God. And, you know, To be able to combine what you believe with what you do is incredible. And to get to work with this kind of content, make these programs... Um, it's just been, you know, it's humbling, it's a privilege. Yes. It's great fun. Mark and I love doing it together.
3: Yeah. You know, I course. have
4: friends that say, I couldn't <laughs> even hang wallpaper with my husband. Yes. We would be fighting, yes. you know, and we joke that the real miracle is we're still speaking to each other. But, yes, yes. but we are, you know, we, we love it. We actually have another film coming down the pipeline. Okay. It's tentatively called Disciples. Uh-huh. And we imagine that, you know, it's the sort of third of a, of a uh, of a trio film, Son of God, Resurrection, okay. and Disciples, so it will take us right into the Book of Acts. So you're really going to love that one. Oh, I, oh, uh, I look
0: forward to that. Absolutely. Saul and
4: Paul and you know, and uh, and how that whole story pl- plays out. So yeah, yeah, lots of great things going on at Lightworkers. Yeah, it's a, where, I'm
0: I'm very uh, very interested. Yeah, it's a in it's really been more. A,
4: really been a fruitful time. Even though you know we're we're living our lives on Zoom oh, no. and all of our meetings on Zoom at this time, but we're still able to push forward. Mm-hmm. And you know we have a great small but feisty team. Yes, and um, you know we're it just sounds like
0: it. It doing sounds the best
4: like it. we can to to shine the light. And as light workers, you know of course, God Jesus is the light. We're just the workers. Yes, you know? yes, I love that. I
0: love that. Um, yeah. Maybe in closing, Roma, what are your hopes for the film? What what do you hope that the viewers are going to get for, oh, maybe not just this film, Resurrection, but from all the work at Lightworkers?
4: Well, I just hope that it's comforting, you know, that it inspires them, you know, and particularly I think that, you know, as we mentioned, the need for hope at this time, that, that that to be reminded in full Technicolor Mm -hmm. of the beauty and wonder and miracle of the resurrection, that it will help, um, you know, all the fears and anxieties of this time that we've come through can slowly melt away and as we can step back into the... It's a reminder. You know, I hope that it just serves as a reminder for folks um, that we are the resurrection people, Right. And hallelujah is our song.
0: Amen. That's a wonderful place to end. Thank you Roma. It's been a great pleasure speaking thank with you today. Too. And uh, thank you and your husband Mark for all the work that you do. I hope that there's more to come.
4: Thank you so much. God bless. Happy happy Easter happy Easter. Easter
0: to you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Roma Downey is an actress, producer and author best known for her role as Monica in the popular CBS series Touched by an Angel. She and her husband Mark Burnett are the producers of the new film Resurrection, which will premiere on Discovery Plus on March 27 and be available throughout the Easter season. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to it again, visit us at slmedia.org podcast. And be sure to come back next week for our Easter special to hear Roma Downey tell us about her book Box of Butterflies. Here now is the psalm for the third Sunday of Easter, Lord, Let Your Face Shine on Us, composed by Will Hickel and sung by Rita West from the Novum Records Liturgy Resources. That was Lord, Let Your Face Shine on Us, sung by Rita West. Uh, It's the psalm for the third Sunday of Easter, composed by Will Hickel from the Liturgy Resources by Novum. Will Hickel is a singer, songwriter and worship leader and part of the duo Novum, which he shares with Eric Wilkes. Uh, That collaboration led to the creation of a collective of artists called Novum Collective. And uh, they are also the people behind Novum Records. Now, Novum the band has since changed from a praise and worship uh, group to a group that does alternative rock, and they are finishing a new project titled Chromatic. And uh, Novum Records is also behind liturgy resources um, that, uh, that, that is made available for, for, for worship leaders and, and, and liturgical musicians. And so the psalm that we heard is from that uh, from I guess I'm going to call it that project. Anyways, there's lots to talk about and maybe I should just bring in uh, our guest Will Hickel to uh, disentangle me from this uh, web that I think I've spun here. Will, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour
5: thank you so much for having me
0: yeah sorry and i'm sorry if i kind of made that sound more more complicated than than ever but but i i, I think that i, I want to ask you about novum and yeah because it sounds like that that word sounds like you like that word um <laughs> but but i want to back up because before novum you were will hickle i mean so um have you always been catholic did you grow up in a catholic home was it musical tell me a little bit about yourself
5: sure yeah um I, I have always been Catholic. Um I was I'm a cradle Catholic, mm-hmm. you know. Um I was the kid who was forced to go to mass, you know, <laughs> despite wanting to and I'm I'm very grateful as an adult that I was forced and um yeah you know, thankfully had a lot of great community growing up. Um, all the, the kids that I kind of grew up with happened to all be Catholic too. So when we were all like teenagers doing life teen, we were like, wait, mm. you're Catholic. Oh, you're Catholic. Oh, cool. We're already friends. Wow. So we kind of had the community before the faith, which, you know, is a huge blessing. Cause I think most people yes. have faith and then find community. So Um, so that was really, really impactful for me. Um, growing up, my, my dad loves going to concerts. I mean, my bedroom was right underneath his office and he's a night owl. So I would hear music constantly as I was sleeping. Every time we went on a road trip, we were rocking out to different records when my mom was cooking or cleaning radios on. So a lot of music in the house. Um, and I'd always just been drawn to it. Um, and, uh, is and it a big
0: so, it, sorry, is it a big family? Do you have brothers and sisters?
5: I have a brother and a sister. Yeah. Um, okay. and they aren't really musical or anything. No. But um I was very drawn to like the piano, so my mom bought me this like rinky dink Radio Shack keyboard um, <laughs> with light up keys on the piano, and um I just kind of started learning there and then in college, um I had discovered a website kind of showing you like what how to play piano chords and then kind of just i mean just a basic chart you know of like, hey, this is the pattern for a c shape or a d shape yeah. and then you know i I would look up my favorite songs and I would say, "Oh, okay, so this is the chord for the verse and and the whatever and so I actually like kind of taught myself the piano that way. Wow. Um, back in like 2010.
0: <laughs> so would you say, so is piano your main instrument then?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, basically my only one. I can kind of get away with other things, but piano is definitely it.
0: So how did Novum, the, the duo with with uh, Eric, Eric Wilkes, how, did, how yeah. did that come to be?
5: So actually, I never really wanted to start a band. In around 2012, I was more passionate about music or just production, like live production. Okay. Um, you know, I'd worked backstage at a, at Steubenville on the Bayou uh-huh. in Louisiana doing like Pro Presenter and like helping out with all that, that stuff. And so um, I was way more interested in production. And so it wasn't until a moment of prayer at the beginning of 2013 Um, that the Lord was basically like, hey, I want you to start a band. And I was like, LOL. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my millennial coming out, LOL. I said, (laughs) ha (laughs) ha, God. I don't write music. And everything I'd written previously, because again, I'd only really started learning piano in 2010. So by 2013... It's yeah. like, I don't really know, I, I'm so new to this and I anything I've tried writing has not been that great. And um, it was in, you know, but God always has his plan. And so a few weeks later, I was in adoration and I was just struck with something. Mm. And so I wrote um, the song Free, which I think we'll play yes, we, soon. Yes, we
0: heard it at the beginning of the show, yeah.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so F- Free was the song that I wrote in 2013 and I showed it to a friend who was like, he and it, years later he would tell me, If that song wasn't good... I wouldn't have like connected you to like the studio, so it was like the super like gateway into like everything wow. that is now, because you know my friend introduced me to now the co-owner of Novum Records, uh, whose name is Mason Shirley mm-hmm. um, and so Mason helped us with our first record. He, he was mixing it, but anyways, so what happens is after this song I end up writing another one, and I start talking to all these people, especially Eric, and Eric okay. is super talented, and he had been approached by a lot of people who were like, "Hey, well, let us start a band." and he's like okay cool, yeah, whatever, because (laughs) no one ever followed through, but, you know, I said, hey, let's start a band, and he kind of gave me the same, like, okay, sure, guy, but I was, I had enough tenacity and drive to actually, like, follow through with it, so we created our first record, um, and then from there, the reason how we get into, like, the other Novum entities um, is that, you know, from there, um, we had learned a lot and we created like a publishing company and everything to kind of administrate all of our stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm a super, um, a super left brain person as well as right. And it's something I think the Lord's gifted me with. So like, not only can I be creative, but I'm also super, like, I love spreadsheets and contracts and like all that stuff. And so, um, you know, with all the stuff that I learned, he introduced me to, uh, Gabby Banson uh uh-huh. who, who i guess who would be considered our first signed artist because he was like hey gabby's got this really cool music maybe we can help her with okay. the things that, the things that we learned through our process let's uh, help other people and i was like heck yeah let's do it okay. so we helped her and then our next artist was rita it was rita the same west. thing yeah eric and, was like hey i know rita west she's got some great music maybe we I can see. help her too and so it just slowly grew and so the reason uh, Novum Records became a thing—it's only oh, Novum Records—only been around for a couple years now, uh, but it, it was originally the publishing was called Mercy Crew Publishing, uh-huh. um, and and what happened was Mercy Crew Publishing's mission was to serve the church. But as we started signing more artists, and as even me and Eric decided, hey, we don't really want to do worship anymore. We need a we need a place for this music to mm-hmm. live that mm-hmm. isn't just for for praise and worship or anything. So Novum Records as like the sister company to the publishing is like the label side so that now we can have different genres and it's not weird that Mm -hmm. are like, hey, you're here to shop for like, mass music but you're rocking out to Stephen joe yeah, bear's no, album I understand,
0: like i understand no i may, and it makes perfect sense and i love the fact that it's that you're supporting other artists at the same at the same time and we've had john finch and we've had rita west on the show and we yeah. hope to have more now every time we have an artist and they say that they're part of the novum collective at least we know what they're talking <laughs> about um in the little time that we have left there's there's so much to talk about here but i i didn't want to let you go without talking about your new project chromatic yes um because that's with you and and eric but I yeah. also the, we heard a psalm, and that's mm-hmm. that liturgy resources. So quickly tell us about the liturgy resources and how that can help people, and then tell us about chromatic.
5: Yeah, so you know we just we find there's a hunger and a need for for great modern Catholic music, and so um, especially in the liturgy. And there are people kind of operating in the sphere, and we're just trying to add to that. And so the idea behind the Psalms is we wanted to make them widely available. So if you're a worship leader or, or a director of liturgy or anyone, mm-hmm. you can go to liturgyresources.com and you can read all about what we've got going on. But you can also sign up. So we send out every Monday. We send out the responsorial Psalm for that coming Sunday. Okay. And so um, if you're a one licensed user or a Song Select user, all of our Psalms are available on Song Select. Um, and, and we we, right. uh, we send out the PDF and the and, and the YouTube link for free. But all of our Psalms are also available in our mass settings, are available on YouTube, they're available on Spotify. We that's want it wonderful. to be just totally accessible from every angle and every platform for people to just have, you know, whether they wanna pray with it or or simply reference it. It was mostly for the reference okay. for worship directors. So if
0: people go and I'll, I'll give the website later, but but so if people go to Novum Records, they can find liturgy resources and that's the, the place to go, right?
5: They can, they can find it on that website or, um, or liturgyresources.com. Okay, Very that's simple. super
0: easy. So liturgyresources.com. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Tell, tell us about Chromatic because it's an album. It's still, are you crowdfunding it still? Is it still- we,
5: yeah, we are. It's been a slow process, um, but we are still crowdfunding for that. We have a big goal. It's 12 songs. What's really cool for all the music nerds out there is every <laughs> song is in a different key. So there's oh. 12 songs and they go oh. up the chromatic scale. That's so,
0: totally nerdy. I love it. Oh, yeah.
5: great. So um, so that was a fun challenge. It took us a few years to write the whole thing. Um, but we, we've we written with people. Uh, I don't know if you, you anyone here knows Greg Boudreau from The Vigil Project. Yeah, of a course, of, of course. A lot great, of the album great. is written with him, uh, with Stephen Jobert, with Matt Lewis. Yep. So a lot of great writers on the album, a lot of great. Um, it's just we want to be the Catholic, like Coldplay or Mute Math kind of vibe. It's okay, very nice, accessible. Yeah it's not a worship album by any means it's very um i mean i think accessible is the best word for it it's just an album it's
0: indie music i mean we're gonna we're gonna close with with the title track i guess chromatic uh yeah um but it's yeah very it's uh it's a it's it's music to listen to in the the car i think can i say yeah
5: yeah and what's cool about chromatic is that song was written and inspired by um our one of our favorite bands and influences is mute math who sadly are no longer together but because they broke up um, the guitarist, his name is Todd, was like, "Hey, I'm looking for work." So we were like, "Hey, we have a song that's kind of y'all in y'all's vein. Can we work with you?" Oh, and He's like, "Yeah." So wow. Todd produced it and plays all the guitars and bass and everything. Okay. Yeah, and then I get and it. then. Yeah, and Mute Math's drummer uh, Darren King is actually drumming on the track. Oh, cool. So a dream come true for us to have worked yeah, with them. Cool. Yeah, and it is
0: a very sort of guitar bass heavy song. Um, okay. Cool. Wow. Um, lots of information there, Will Hickle. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that we'll have you. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have uh, uh, hear about Novum Collective uh, lots uh, in the years to come. Uh, but it's been great uh, meeting you, Will, and uh, thank you for what you're doing. And we we look forward to hearing more when this album comes out. Let us know and maybe yeah. play some more music uh, on the show
5: yeah thanks so much for having me
0: you can learn more about novum the duo novum the collective just go to the novum records website novumrecords.com and remember liturgyresources.com as well um if you want to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program go to our website slmedia.org podcast and here now to take us out is novum with the title track of their new album Chromatic. with Chromatic from their new album of the same name and that will take us to the end of the program remember that if you tuned in late you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at slmedia.org podcast you can also listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts also follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram at Salt and Light TV and while you're there you can look for me Deacon Pedro and send me a nice message I hope that you have a blessed holy week and that you can join us for our Easter special next weekend. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.